Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. You know, uh, I read a report once that 22% of all of American households had a, a cat litter box. It surprised me then. Then I went to a show uh, late last year, and I found a man who has invented a new type of cat litter box. So I said to him, well, you have a big uh, marketplace, but you're a small company, and I invited him on the program. And uh, I now invite Glenn, Glenn Lawton to come on in and first tell us a little bit about himself before we get into how does an entrepreneur from Pennsylvania crack the cat litter box market. Glenn, welcome to the program. Thank you, Don. Well, first, Glenn, we always ask our guests to say a little bit about themselves personally, how they got to where they are now. Okay. Um, Let's just say that uh, ever since I was a kid, we've always had a cat, um, at least one, you know, for many years. And then uh, over the years, I've ended up, you know, moved away from home, still had a, you know, a cat. And then... um, one day I was dealing with the uh, the litter box oh, routine. Wait, 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 Glenn, Glenn, I'm going to interrupt you. Tell us about yourself personally. What's your background? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. We'll get originally into the born other topic in... in a minute. Okay, thanks. Uh, originally born in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, moved to Pennsylvania in the uh, the late '60s. Um, ended up going to uh, technical school, so I'm basically you know good with my hands, and you know. Good problem-solving skills. Um, you know, oldest of four kids, and uh, recently married about three, four years ago, um, and now living in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. Okay, what do you do when you're not out there peddling your uh, cat boxes? Oh, let's see. I uh, I collect rare currency. Um, I work on my own vehicles. 
um, work on other people's vehicles, um, save my save some money that way. Um, you know, have a pretty good sized toolbox out in the garage, and I like to tinker with things, um, especially if it uh, if it goes fast and it, it gets me from uh, one point to another point. Okay, so uh, uh, as you started to say, you always had a cat. So go from there. Yes. Um, again, we've always I've always had uh, my family. We've always had a cat. Um, and then once I got out on my own, I've always had cats again. And about 20 years ago, uh, my, the last cat that I had, um, I was dealing with the litter box. And I figured, you know, there was new stuff on the market. I tried it. I really didn't like it. And I just kind of visualized in my head um, looking at the scooping mechanism and then thinking that it needed to be modified to be bigger to cover the whole litter box and then just an an, an image popped in my head and I, you know, uh, had somebody draw it up and I did a patent search. Turns out it did not exist um, and I went from there. Um, So I acquired the patent, um, the trademark, did a little bit of advertising and then found that uh, it really wasn't going to do me much good unless I actually had a a product to sell people. So I actually uh, got molds made, um, and now, you know, since the molds have been made, um, and I am in production, um, probably sold, you know, quite a few hundred of these things, and it seems that everybody is extremely happy with this item. Um, and I would just like to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, the uh, the patent process and the trademark process. And um, well, first, first, tell us what's so different about your your uh, cat litter box. Oh, okay. Um, the reason mine is unique is because compared to the all the other litter boxes on the market, this one does not have any of the disadvantages that it seems that all the other ones uh, seem to have. Um, number one, it's inexpensive. Well, number two, wait, wait, wait. I keep interrupting you only to, to kind of focus the conversation. Okay. What is describe how your box works? Which, when I saw it, I thought it was clever, but the, the audience oh. hasn't had the benefit of your box or anything. Oh, okay. I, I understand what you're driving at. Okay. Uh, basically, um, all cats are used to using a, a plain litter box. Um, basically, with mine, it comes with two litter pans and a screen section. Just simply fill the first one litter pan with any amount, the amount of litter you feel is necessary. And then when it comes time to clean the litter box out, simply place the screen section over the whole pan and then take the second litter pan flip it over and clamshell um, all three pieces together, and then while they're all together and sealed, just simply flip it over once and allow the good litter to fall through the screen and all the waste remains above the screen, and then simply just take it apart, and that's it. Simple solution to an age-old problem. Exactly. There's no... 
There's no there's no liners. There's no slots to clog up. You don't have to. You don't even have to refill the the, the first pan. It it perfectly reciprocates in one motion. Oh well, but the uh, cats are are uh, fussy people. Don't you have to replace the litter at some point? Eventually, with any system, you're going to have to add a little bit of litter as it as it diminishes, you know, through use. Okay, so you came up with this idea, which uh, I know uh, I know works because I've seen it work. I don't have a cat um, at, at this time, so now now you went out. Uh, you say you developed this over 20 years ago, but it took you time to figure out what to do in order to, to make turn this into an enterprise. Am I right? Um, yeah, it's it's still it's still pretty much in the uh, the I got the I've got the supply created, but unfortunately, um, I you know there went most of my money and. I really haven't been able to create the the the, the uh, demand that I would have liked to have seen. Um, that's pretty much where I'm where I'm at right now. So um, so right now you don't have the demand. So that's and, that's and you that's, don't have a, that's correct. Don't have I don't the have. No, uh, unfortunately, this, these are the pitfalls that I found. Oh, okay. Well, for, well, well, let's go into this a little bit and let's talk about it. I saw you at a, a, a an event which um, uh, where uh, people are are brought uh, uh, entrepreneurs like you are brought to New York, and um, uh, uh, the press is invited to. Uh, meet, mingle with you. Uh, you obviously spent money there. Uh, how did that go? Um, well, we were supposed to, um, I was actually slated with this company to go to Las Vegas for a very large pet convention uh, or an expo out there, but somehow or another it ended up being canceled. Um through them, and then they offered me the opportunity to come to New York and, you know, uh, present what I had there, um, that, and that's where I ran into you. Um, I would have preferred to be, um, had gone to the pet uh, show out in Las Vegas because this, this would have been a perfect venue to, you know, show that to uh, people that were looking in that particular industry. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't. It didn't turn out that way. Well, there is a pet supply show. Is, is, are you talking about the National Pet Supply Show, uh, or are you talking about a, a different one? I think it's a different one. It was. It was. That was not the, the name that you had mentioned. Is not the name of the uh, the show that was canceled in Las Vegas. Right. So. So. Uh, what you ended up with was me and about uh, 50 other uh, press people. Um, Correct. So now, what's your next? Uh, what's your next? Um, you're sitting here now. Uh, you, you've sold a couple of hundred units. What are you thinking of doing? 
Um, I really am out of. I'm, I'm really about out of options. Um, I would like. I would have liked to have um, found somebody to, you know, partner up with me or or buy me out that actually does have advertising and marketing experience. Um, I found out the hard way that I am not that person. Well, that, that's the first good thing that uh, happened. You recognize what. Uh, what you yourself are not good at. Um, right. Have you th- have you thought of uh, doing one of these uh, 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 fundraising things? Um, where where have you thought of that? No, I, I would not even know how to begin to try to do something like that. Okay. Well, uh, let, let's talk a little bit. And the the number to call in is 646-929-2337 if you have any ideas for Glenn or want to talk about it. Uh, again, the number is 646-929-2337. But let's, uh, let's examine. Uh, by the way, you're not in uh, any different position than a lot of other people that I've... Uh, uh, interviewed or talked with or even had on this show. So uh, we're certainly not um, uh, uh, that, uh, what is it, the shark tank. Uh, no. We don't have, but we do have a couple of uh, financiers that, uh, and venture capitalists that listen in occasionally. I've known that. But now, but now uh, you, you've got a patent, you've got the molds, you, you've got a product which, uh, if you, if I didn't think it was good, you would not be on this program. Thank I you. didn't do. Uh, I didn't think. Uh, uh, I, I thought you you took a good shot on that uh, uh, in New York. Um, so, uh, w- what are the alternatives for you? Do you do this full time? Oh no, there's there's. No, I, there's there's no way I could afford to do this full time, um, even if I had a you know even you know right now working at a full time job you know and still just paying my regular bills and stuff like that, I can't I can't afford number one the money and and, and number two I can't afford the the time and the travel and again I I really don't know or have the experience in marketing or advertising. Um, and I have spent money with other companies that have promised me, you know, results. But unfortunately, they were, you know, they were more interested in just taking my money up front, and and that was the end of it. Um, so it never, never really worked. Yeah, that is the unfortunate part of facing small businesses, and, and people like yourself who've come up with great ideas. Uh, is that there are companies out there that, uh, uh, in my view, prey on uh, individuals. Exactly. Predatory. That would be the the word I would use. Um, Yep. I'm glad you use it. I can't, but uh, you can.
Oh, I'm really sorry about uh, Yes, I'm really sorry about that, but I got cut off. Somebody came yeah, into my line. Uh, so we also have another guest joining us from, from 202. Who's on the call? Uh, this is Jane Marie Mulvey. How are you? Jean-Marie? Good, how Jean-Marie? are you? Fine. Yeah. We just had a we we just had a technical glitch that we hoped to fix. I'm just finishing up. Uh, be patient with me, uh, two or three minutes, while I finish finish up our interrupted interview with Glenn Lawton, who who's got what I consider a unique a cat litter uh, uh, box that okay. uh, is unfortunately at the point where he's trying to figure out what to do. Glenn, how can people reach you? And do you have a website? I do. What's your website? Uh, the website is www.onceoverlitterbox.com. Say that one again. www.onceoverlitterbox, all one word, dot com. Well, uh, Glenn, uh, we've put out an appeal, and uh, we're going to follow up with a story on Small Business Digest about you, and okay. we're going to see if we can give you a, a hand in, in finding uh, uh, someone that uh, can help you um, uh, market a product that I think is fairly unique. Oh, uh, that'd thank be great. You I, on... Go ahead, yes, Glenn. Uh, I... Yes, yes. Thank you so much, and I uh, I appreciate you know any any effort that uh, anybody would uh, be willing to give me. Well, uh, I do know, uh, uh, having seen your product, that it, it really is a terrific product. So, Thank you. Uh, good luck to you, and we'll I'll have one of my editors contact you next week. Thank you so much, Don. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Jane Marie, are you there? I am here. Hello, Don. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Uh, we just had an interesting guest on, and, and now we're going to have an even more interesting guest than you. You, you were a senior congressional health economist during the ACA's the Affordable Care Act, uh, known here and there as the Obamacare uh Formation and later your chief economist at the Small Business Administration. So we're really honored to have you on the program. Well, thank you. Well, we're, uh, uh, but before we do anything else, I said a little bit about your background, but tell us a little bit more more about yourself personally and uh, professionally. Well, I I worked uh, at the Congressional Research Service when Congress was enacting and implementing the Affordable Care Act, and I was there about eight years. And during that time, I learned that there was many a lot of confusion about the Affordable Care Act. And so later, I went as chief economist at SBA, and I learned there was more confusion. So I left my government job, and I decided uh, to write this book, uh, Health Care Refor- Health Reform: What Small Businesses Need to Know Now. Um, because I discovered there was a large gap in timely and unbiased information and that large companies can pay consultants to help them, but small companies really are focused on performance. They need less costly alternatives. So I think this book will help them do that. 
Okay. Uh, let me give you an interesting statistic that came across uh, my desk uh, uh, today. Uh, there's still 17% of the American public is still not covered by a, a health care program uh, policy, and that uh, they said the main reasons for it were a lack of understanding, uh, disagreement with the act, or they couldn't afford it. Uh, I found that an interesting statistic, given that the ACA was supposed to eliminate uninsured Americans. But um, um, having said that, and uh, what are, first, what are, how do you how do you feel? Uh, and, and this is somewhat of a loaded question. Do you feel <laughs> that the act the act is fulfilling what it, uh, its sponsors intended? Well, it was intended to expand coverage to the uninsured, and it does have, you know, you know, 40% of the uninsured work for businesses with less than 50 employees, and 15% of the uninsured are self-employed. So it was targeted to those those categories. However, um, the things it did to help that, it, the small business tax credit, uh, really doesn't do what it needs to do. The premium credits, we all know about the first year of the open enrollment and the exchanges had problems. The latest uh, in November, the exchanges have been more successful, which is good, um, but people still don't know what they have to do, when they have to do it, and by when. Uh, so there is still a lot of confusion. And if the uninsured do not that were uninsured last year, uh, they will pay a penalty this year for not having insurance. And I think that's going to wake people up. And unfortunately, by the time they figure this out, it will be tax time, and it will be way past the February 15th deadline when they can enroll in the exchanges. Yes. Uh, 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 H&R Block had a uh, open house on Thursday, and I think they were surprised by the Results in it. I'm 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 waiting anxiously for their comments on what uh, people said. But having said that, uh, you're, you're, uh, the floor is now yours. What are your key points that a small business should take away uh, from your book and from how you uh, from uh, from your experience? Well, I, I think the issue is that the small businesses are confused, and that after many delays in the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. 2015 is a key year for when a lot of these penalties will be imposed. And um, not only are there penalties this year on certain employers, there are also new IRS reporting requirements and new insurance coverage mandates. Um, but small businesses don't know what to do, when to do it, and the answer to the their questions are buried in thousands of pages of regulations. Um, so I think the big thing small businesses have to do is first figure out their firm size because how big they are in terms of how many workers they have will determine what provisions affect them. But unfortunately, determining firm size is actually difficult because they, they define full-time as 30 hours a week. Um, so you have to figure out who's your full-time employees based on 30 hours, which is not typical, and you have to treat seasonal workers differently. You have to treat certain categories, like if you have adjunct faculty, airline pilots. It's very, very confusing. Um, so I explain in my book how to do all these, uh, what's called a full-time equivalent calculation. Uh, so the good news is the firms with less than 50 full-time equivalents are not liable for any penalties this year. 
Um, they do have to make sure they tell their workers about exchanges and what's there in terms of premium credits. Um, and the Department of Labor has provided what's called model notices for them to do that. Uh, and also, if anybody's insured this year, they really should start looking at coverage in the exchange by February 15th. Well, um, everything, everything is uh, before February uh, 15th. That's uh, uh, in short, they have about a month to to really make their decisions. Am, am I hearing you correctly? Correctly. If if they were uninsured, if they were uninsured last year, they're going to pay a penalty if they were uninsured for more than three months and they don't receive an exemption. I mean, there are exemptions for many many different things. If you're low income, you get an exemption. There's uh, religious exemptions, and that's what H&R Block is doing. They're, they're going to help um, uninsured people go through and figure out if they el are eligible for an exemption. Uh, but if you're not eligible for an exemption, you need to start looking at insurance right away because once you do your taxes and figure out you're going to pay a penalty, it'll be too late. Well, let me. Uh, I saw another uh, statistic uh, yesterday that the average small business uh, – uh, pays $9,500 per employee for um, their uh, health care insurance. And that uh, the rate in which the – and that the employee this uh, this past year and this coming – into this coming year is going to pay about a third of that. An employer uh, will then have about a 6000 Wouldn't it be smarter for the employee employer – just to pay the $3,000 fine and uh, leave their uh, workers bereft of anything? Um, for the for the employers who are providing coverage, I mean, that is the issue that administratively it's going to be, I mean, the premiums are going to go up. Another issue that people don't realize, employers with 50 to 100 employees, they will pay a penalty next year if they don't provide insurance, but the insurance they provide has to meet stricter standards than um, larger employers with 100 or more employees. So um, it's kind of a competitive disadvantage to them. And they will find it's probably better to pay, you know, the $2,000 per full-time worker than to provide the insurance. Well, doesn't that defeat the purpose of uh, uh, Obamacare? Um, unfortunately, it does. I mean, the reason for the, pen, the what was called the employer shared responsibility payment was to keep employers in the game, to give them some financial incentive. But, you know, in some ways it's been set low, so some employers, if their costs go up, they will decide to pay the penalty instead. Um, the, the other issue is just in terms of administratively, all employers subject to the penalty, 50 and over, will have to tell the IRS what their insurance coverage is for each and every worker monthly. And like your W-2 form, they'll have to tell the IRS, this is what I'm giving each and every worker monthly, the nature of the coverage, whether it's affordable, whether it meets all these other criteria, and that will be burdensome. And that's how IRS is going to tell if people have coverage. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I, no. Please repeat that. I went over your your views. Uh, what did you just say? Because I think it's well, the, the reason the IRS is asking for this from both the insurers and the employers is because they have they're the ones who have to track who has coverage and from where, and so 
every year when people fill out their tax returns, they have to show they have coverage, and their employers will have to show them evidence of that through these forms, and their insurer will have to show them evidence. So it's it's a lot more paperwork. Yeah, yes. Um, and, uh, many small businesses feel they're already overburdened with paperwork from government agencies. Um uh, your book explains uh, all of these things, but do you also offer some uh, ways of uh, mitigating the, uh, uh, these uh, uh, requirements? Well, I do suggest some things actually more for Congress, um, basically to change the definition of full-time to 40 hours instead of 30 hours, which there's a bill in Congress right now, H.R. 30, that was passed by the House of Representatives to do that and the Senate will take up something called S to consider it. And that will help a lot in terms of some of these requirements. But more importantly, I recommend that you eliminate the penalty for employers with 50 to 99 employees because they are going to be subject to stricter, stricter standards and all of these administrative burdens. And because they are smaller, um, it, it just will become too costly for them. Uh, and third, I suggest uh, expanding what's called the small business tax credit for the very small employers under 10 to go up to 25 employees and to expand the wage limit for that. Well, so we'll see uh, what John happens. Good... No, I'm sorry. You again, please. Uh, you you talk. No, no, no. That's all right. You were going to say something about John Goodman. Yes, uh, in an opt opt-ed piece for the. Uh, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, I think two or three days ago, uh, said that actually Obamacare has affected, uh, more adversely affects the lowest uh, paid employees because uh, in many cases, particularly in the restaurant and other service industries, the employ employers are either eliminating the uh, 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 health care and taking the penalty or giving them uh, a uh, policy that uh, may comply uh, or sending them to the exchanges. In either case, the uh, employee is, is could be uh, required to spend up to 20% of their take-home on um, uh, uh, affordable programs. Um, have you looked at that? Have any thoughts on that? Well, that's a very good point because at the at the minimum wage and the very low-income workers, it is a high share of their wage. And the Affordable Care Act actually did expand Medicaid to, to uh, get to the low-wage worker. The problem is many states did not expand Medicaid. It was a, you know, the Supreme Court found out you can only voluntarily do it. Uh, so in those states that didn't expand Medicaid, the employers would have, the, the individuals have to go into the exchange and it would trigger a penalty. In the states that expand Medicaid, that does not trigger a penalty. So those employers do not pay a penalty just because their workers go into the uh, Medicaid. Uh, so that's a real problem. That So, for example, Virginia is considering this. Uh, if they don't expand Medicaid, the employers in those states could pay a higher penalty. So, but in any case, uh, uh Somewhere along the line, somebody's going to have to spend more money in order to, to make the Obamacare work. Uh, uh, yes. That's a contentious question, question, but uh, that's that's what it seems like to me. 
I've, I've looked at this. Uh, uh, we we have another uh, a healthcare website, and we've been looking at, uh, at this from both a consumer angle and a small business angle. And are there any winners in Obamacare? Um, well, I, I do think, you know, it has covered the uninsured. I think the latest number is 8 to 9 million of uninsured are covered. Um, so it is has been good for people, especially with pre-existing conditions. Uh, so there are winners. It's just what is, you know, what is the cost in the long run? Uh, and, and, and is it... Is it fair to mandate yeah. businesses to cover them? Well, um, our, our next guest, uh, who just uh, came online, is Rick Lundquist, and he's he's co-author of the book "The End of Employer-Provided Healthcare Insurance." So, um, I wonder if you, first off, what is the name of your book? The name of my book is "Health Reform: What Small Businesses Need to Know Now," and if you go to my website. MulveyHealth.com. It's it's there. It's also on Amazon under J. Marie Mulvey. Oh, okay, but spell out uh, Mulvey.com, uh, please, for our uh, audience. www.mulvey, M-U-L-V like victory, E-Y, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, dot com. Well, uh, I w- wish I had gotten the book before uh, it came on the program because I... Uh, it sounds like it would be very interesting. Would you want to stay on and listen in and perhaps uh, join in uh, with Rick? Sure, sure. I'll listen in and I'll send you a copy of my book. Okay, but our, our next guest is Rick Lindquist. He's co-author of The End of Employer-Provided Health Insurance. Rick, welcome to the program. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we've just been talking with Jane Marie Mulvey, uh, Dr. Jane Marie Mulvey. Uh, she's she, uh, talking about the she helped in the formation of the ACA Act, also known by many as Obamacare. And then uh, 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 someone sent me a, a email about you this morning, and I just thought it would be a great opportunity because. Uh, uh, to hear your thoughts. But first, Rick, we always ask our guests to tell a little bit about themselves personally. Sure. So um, I am a, a young CEO of a emerging tech company called Zane Benefits. Um, I actually took the company over in uh, in 2007 uh, at tw- the age of 22, and, and uh, Zane Benefits helps small businesses reimburse employees for their individual health insurance costs. It's uh, something I'm very passionate about. I actually just, uh, as you mentioned, co-authored a book on the topic and, uh, you know, love talking about it and love helping small businesses. Well, uh, we, we, uh, Jane Marie has, uh, uh, has uh, or Dr. Mulvey, I, I don't want to be too familiar, um, uh, just enlightened me on some things I didn't uh, know. Um, but why do you think it's the end, the end of the uh, employer-provided health insurance? Well, uh, you know, it's 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 funny. It's it's not like uh, this is something that's happening sort of overnight. The, the, in the book, we discuss this paradigm shift, this shift from uh, from employer health insurance to individually purchased or consumer 
uh, purchased health insurance. And what, what we're talking about here is something that's been happening since the early 2000s. Um, since 1999, in the book, we, and we, we document this, the, the average cost for employer health insurance has increased almost 400%. And it's not, that's not the whole story. Every year, the costs have been shifted to workers in the form of higher co-pays, higher co-insurance, and even higher premium contributions. And so the next step for this unsustainable model is for, for employers to terminate their health plans. Well, um, uh, I mentioned earlier uh, a study that came across my desk just today that um, uh, the cost of uh, to an average uh, business of health care insurance is $9,500 of which uh, um, employees are paying about 3500 uh, But that uh, contrast uh, just three years ago, when when the, uh, the 35 was about a third of it, and just a few years ago it was less than 15% for uh, employer contribution. But uh, I have to add another statistic which blew my mind in this survey, which... Uh, said that the average cost of public employees was $11,800, and they paid less than 20% uh, towards uh, uh, the cost. And I thought that was a, a, a striking statistic. Um, uh, any comments? A absolutely. So it's, it's, it's likely due to, um, you know, the public program, a lot of employees there really value their health benefits. And so that's a big part of their compensation. And so when you compare small business rates or business rates on the private sector with public rates, it's, it's going to be different, but it, primarily because uh, the deductibles are going to be much lower and the coverage is going to be better. And so what, what, what we're suggesting in the book is now that, that coverage has gotten so bad for small businesses and so expensive on a group basis, is instead let's let's get everyone on individual health insurance policies, all the employees, and give them the money to go buy it. And and what we found based on our research is that uh, that th those individual plans actually cost 20 to 60 percent less for comparable coverage. Well, uh, we've seen that as well. But yet, um, uh, do you think that helps uh, the acceptance of of uh, the ACA Act or? Uh, uh, puts another uh, burden against it. So my view on that subject is this trend was happening before Obamacare. And when you really look at what Obamacare does, it, it, its major provisions, is it really improves the individual health insurance market. It Really what it does is it sets minimum standards that every health insurance company must cover. And it really sets the stage for the mass adoption of individual health insurance. Uh, people would be a lot unhappy, happier if prior to Obamacare being passed, businesses uh, canceled their coverage and uh, they had to go to an underwritten, uh, medically underwritten uh, marketplace where they might be denied coverage. And uh, with Obamacare, when you lose your health insurance through your work, you can now go immediately and buy a guaranteed issue health insurance at, at a lower cost. Uh, uh, Jane Marie, can I, um, 
could, could we have your thoughts on what, what Rick is saying? Um, it is true that employers are moving towards that. I guess under Obamacare or ACA, the one issue is uh, the penalty. Employers with 50 or more would pay a penalty if they dropped their coverage. And also, if they gave them more money to buy an individual policy, they would be taxed on those wages, whereas health insurance is not taxed. Well, well uh, Rick, do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing to go to to, uh, uh, to an individual coverage marketplace? So I, I'm actually believe wholeheartedly that the employer model is just a terrible model to begin with. <laughs> when you th and this is a big topic of, of part one of the book. And it's, it's you know, 10 reasons why group health insurance uh, is bad for you, your, your family, and your company. And the, 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 the real problem with employer-based health insurance is that you have a consumer product, health insurance, which is just like, you know, your car insurance, being picked for uh, and chosen for you and even paid for by someone that isn't you. So you, you end up with this, you know, especially in the small business space, you've got, you know, 20 people working at a company and they're getting a one-size-does-not-fit-all health insurance plan. And so what, uh, you know, what we think works much better is let those employees go buy an individual health insurance plan based on their family's needs and simply give those employees uh, the, the money to purchase it. And in the book, we actually provide a way to do that so that it's tax-free uh, to the business and tax-free to the employees. Through a health reimbursement account? Is that how you do it's it? It's actually uh, through health, something called a health reimbursement plan. Yeah, okay. Well, but they'll still pay a penalty. Pardon me? The employers will still pay a penalty. Well, only if they have greater than 50 employees. So what we do is we, we divide sort of the – listen, before any employer makes this transition, the first thing they always do is they do a cost analysis. So, so you know, in part three of the book, we provide a step-by-step -step analysis that an employer can complete, and it sort of breaks off into two scenarios, one for companies with less than 50 employees in which this penalty is irrelevant, which is really the, the companies that Zane Benefits is focused on helping, and then, you know, companies with more than 50 employees who are going to have to pay that penalty. But we've actually found, you know, when we look at these, these uh, numbers, is that the penalty, that $2,000 per year penalty, even when you factor that into the cost of canceling health insurance and giving employees money to buy their own individual policies, the companies still save substantial amounts of money, and it's actually a better financial decision for the business and the employees. And so even if you give them money, the after-tax cost is better for the employees? So, because uh, you have to I'm give them sure less money because you... you pay a penalty. Right now, under current law, employer-provided health care benefits are tax-deductible. Employees don't have to bear that cost in their taxes. So if you give them wages, they have to pay tax on those wages. Exactly. So we actually provide two ways to switch to individual health insurance in the book. One is the, what you're suggesting, simply giving a taxable stipend or a, a wage increase. The other is to set up a compliant reimbursement plan under the tax code so that the contributions or reimbursements for the individual premiums are provided tax-free. Okay. So they have more contributions, but they still have to pay a penalty, the employers, over 50. Only, only if they have over 50 over employees. 50. But again, yeah, exactly. So, so small businesses completely exempt from the, from the penalty. 
larger businesses with 50 or more employees, they pay the penalty, but they go, you know what, that's better because now my employees get access to a topic we haven't yet covered yet, which is the premium tax credits. Okay. What do you mean by compliant, uh, compliant uh, program? I didn't understand that. So in order for you to reimburse employees tax-free, and this is a big concept in the book, and it's a controversial topic in the marketplace right now, you, is you have to be sure that you follow the compliance rules of both the tax code and uh, the Obamacare rules. And so you have to take extra care when you're giving employees money for health insurance on a pre-tax basis. And isn't the other issue the smaller group plans, you have to have a stricter insurance standards the, under ACA? So if a small business offers health insurance and it's considered group health insurance, that's one standard. The arrangement under which you would provide a, a defined contribution is actually uh, a, a self-funded arrangement. It is, is exempt from most of the, uh, from the small group requirements. But the policies that they purchase is the individual market, which is stricter now. Yes, and that's actually a benefit because the, the individual policies now meet uh, the minimum standards that, that employers' plans have been accustomed to. So you truly have an apples-to-apples -apples comparison for the employees. But do they raise premiums overall because of the stricter standards? Premiums overall in the individual market? Yes. Well, you know, so, relative to what they would have been. Yeah, so that's one of the so one of the anyone who had an individual plan prior to Obamacare, they had they probably saw a large rate increase because they were on a medically underwritten plan. Um so so you know, yes, the costs compared to uh, where they were before Obamacare are higher, but still when you compare them to the existing employer plan costs and we do a state by state analysis in the book, uh it's a 20 to 60% less and that's before you apply the premium tax credits. Okay. Well, I'm sure learning a lot from you two experts. And uh, again, uh, Jane Marie, uh, introduce yourself and your book. Uh, yes, thank you. I'm glad talking to you. And my book was called Health Before and What Small Businesses Need to Know Now. Okay. And uh, uh, Rick, please uh, uh, introduce yourself and where you could get your book. Sure. So, again, it's Rick Lindquist. I'm the CEO of Zane Benefits. We help businesses reimburse employees for individual health insurance, and the book is available via all major retailers. And uh, for an easy link, go to Zane, Z-A-N-E, benefits.com forward slash book. Well, um, I'd like to continue a little. We have a few more minutes. Um, I'm going to ask Jane Marie. I always like to put a doctor in front of it, but uh, Jay Marie is such a pretty name. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it is. Um, uh, do you have uh, any of uh, what would be the two uh, major advice that you'd give small business in this coming year vis-a-vis uh, -vis their health care? Well, I think they have to learn what they have to do to comply with ACA. And as Rick said, I mean, they could go uh, his route uh, and just per have them purchase coverage in the individual market. But before they do that, they have to figure out their firm size, which is complicating. And if they are over 50, they have to start reporting to the IRS what they're doing with their insurance. So even if they do provide 
allow their employees to provide insurance in the individual market, they're still going to have to tell the IRS what they're doing for each and every employee. And that, that is somewhat burdensome. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some software out there, but uh, 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 Rick, uh, what two things would you tell uh, our audience? 59% of our listeners are presidents and or owners. So what advice would you give them? So, so I think, you know, if you're a small business owner, one of the number one challenges you face every year is your rising health benefits costs. And I think what the, the main point in the book is, and, and what we're promoting, the, the idea we're, we're promoting at Zane Benefits is get out of the insurance business. Instead, focus on your business and give employees money to go buy in their own individually purchased health insurance. And, and what you'll find is that's better for your business, it's better for your employees, and it's better for your family. And, uh, and, and we, we put a lot of effort into the book to try to educate um, businesses and their employees on the concept so they can, they can make this decision. Well, well uh, Jamery, uh, uh, you worked on uh, Obamacare, uh, ACA Act. Uh, what uh, two things do you think most need to be fixed in that act? Uh, well, I, 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 I think they have to fix the full-time definition of 30 hours and move it to 40 hours, and I think they should exclude the employers with 50 to, 50 to 99 employees from the penalty. Well, you said you shocked me when you said about how that particular group of uh, of companies uh, really uh, are getting uh, hit harder than than anybody else. That really Correct, because they will have stricter standards. Why is that? Because of clerking the law or just somebody dis- disliked them? Uh, well, there's new market reforms, and they will apply to businesses with up to 100 employees in 2016. So those small businesses will have to have the essential health benefits and all the stricter insurance standards uh, if they have provide coverage. Well, I'm learning... Uh, uh, Rick, uh, what what do you think about health savings accounts and whether they fit into this uh, picture, or are they on the way out? Uh, oh, they're they're a terrific product. In fact, I've had an HSA since um, since I graduated college, and uh, I love it. And so I'm I'm very high on HSAs. But again, an HSA, just like health insurance, is a consumer product, and it's a choice that a consumer should be able to make. One of the gotchas with an HSA is you only can open an HSA if you buy an HSA qualified plan. So one one problem, you know, is that if you work for an employer that doesn't offer an HSA qualified plan, you you have to, you know, basically go buy your own health insurance in order to contribute to an HSA. And so that, you know, brings up the, you know, one of the the benefits of of the idea we promote in our in our book is is that uh you know, if you can buy, pick your own individual policy, if you want an HSA qualified plan, you can actually go pick one, regardless of what the other uh, co your other coworkers decide to pick. Well, uh, Jay Marie, what do you think about HSAs? Um, I think he's right. Um, the, the point of HSAs is that the the first, um, say, $1,000 of your deductible, you pay up front. So you think more about that coverage and what you're going to do. You're not going to go to the doctor just for a cold. 
and you can roll that money over year to year. And, in fact, when you get older, you can use it for long-term care. So it is a good way to encourage people not to overutilize health care. Well, um, I, I, I have to tell you, uh, for, for seven years, uh, our company, Information Strategies, did the White House conference on HSAs. So uh, I'm a very big fan of HSAs, and uh, I'm glad to hear you say it as well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I get the, we get the feeling that the uh, administration is not as high on the HSAs as, um, uh, uh, as we would like them to be. Uh, do you have any comment on that? Uh, for me? Yes. Yeah, go ahead, um, you were involved. <laughs> well, I think the issue is the HSAs were a Republican idea. Um, so I think there's concern that they would encourage some people to have higher out-of-pocket costs than they could afford. So that's one of the downfalls of it. But they don't yeah. include yeah. preventive services. So you could your preventive services do not have a deductible. So things like a mammogram for a woman or well baby care is not subject to the deductible, which is very good. Yes, and and, and I would add to that that it's a, it's a Republican idea, and and so the existing administration will have trouble supporting it. But you know, there's there's a new game in town uh, right now, and and if you look at most of the Republicans, uh, you know, sort of templates uh, on health care. There, there's not many that don't involve expanding HSAs, and one of the things that, that Republicans want to do is they, they want to um, allow HSAs to reimburse health insurance premiums. One of, one of the big limitations of an HSA is that you can only use it for medical expenses it, uh, unless you're in special circumstances, either retired, unemployed. And uh, so one, one really good idea is to let HSAs cover premiums. That way people could uh, cover their premiums on the, on an individual basis tax-free. Uh, 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 again, uh, we're, we're coming up close to the end of our hour. Uh, Rick, uh, your book and how people can reach you? Uh, it's uh, zanebenefits.com forward slash book. Um, it's available via all major retailers. It's called The End of Employer-Provided Health Insurance, Why It's Good for You and Your Company. And I uh, love hearing from people, um, so feel free to uh, contact us via the website and give us feedback. Uh, but how do you spell your company? Z-A-N-E. Okay. Zane, Zane Benefits, Z-A-N-E, Benefits.com, B-E-N-E-F-I-T-S. And Jean-Marie, you get the last word. Uh, my book is available on mulveyhealth.com, M-U-L-V like victory, E-Y, health.com, and it's also available on Amazon. The name of the book is Health Reform, What Small Businesses Need to Know Now. Thank you. And I hope both of you. joining us and Rick especially that you on such short notice no thank you for the opportunity and uh, I look forward to uh, following you and your show thank you have a nice day you too Bye. thank you for listening tonight 
All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests... We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.